Hello and welcome in to week nine of the fall 2022 curriculum podcast. My name is Landon. I'm here with my friend Jenny. Hey y'all, what's up? And we are continuing to move through the Sermon on the Mount. We have made it through Matthew 5 and Matthew 6, and we are on to the back leg, which is Matthew 7. Yeah, um, this week exciting. We are focusing on verses 1 through 12. Um, and before we hop into that, Jenny, could you just give us a little bit of a recap of what we covered last week? Yeah, so last week we were in Matthew 6, 19 through 34, um, and Stott who is the author of this book, um, kind of names it a Christian's ambition. So we talked about how our ambition in this life as a believer should look different from those on campus or in the world. Um, We don't have the same mission as everyone in the world. Like we are seeking after Christ and um, all that he offers us. Sweet. Uh, And so what are we kind of moving into this week with verses 1 through 12? Yeah, so the theme in this week is um, a Christian's relationship. And no, we're not going to talk about dating here. (laughs) Um, It's just going to be like Jesus is talking about uh, the way we treat others and how we interact with God. And so he talks all about relationships. Um, He addresses judging others, sharing the gospel, our relationship with our father, with the father, sorry, not our earthly father, the heavenly father. Um, prayer, and the golden rule. So there's a lot that we get into in this week, but it's all really good. So Yeah, and certainly important on the college campus where there's plenty of uh, plenty of relationships out oh, there to be yes. had. Yeah, so. you've got relationships with your professors, your classmates, your friends, your family. There's a lot of relating on campus. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. Well, let's dive in. Uh, starting with just as you read this passage, uh, what kind of maybe stuck out to you maybe for the first time or what really jumped out to you like man students really need to to hear this yeah um i've read the sermon on the mount on the mount many many times um but something that stuck out to me was the way that stott explained um the verse about throwing your pearls to pigs um something that came naturally to me in college was evangelism just being able to share my faith um But a common question you hear that when you hear about evangelism is how do I know when the right time is? Um, And so if you're not asking that question, I think it might be something to consider. Um, But yeah, you want to be able to form relationships with people. Like that is just very crucial in how you share the gospel. Um, But the Holy Spirit's going to help you discern when that time is. And I don't want people to hear me say that if you don't have a relationship with the person and the Holy Spirit's telling you to go share the gospel, that you shouldn't. Like, you should definitely obey what the Holy Spirit is um, telling you to do. But in my experience, I found most of the time you want to have a relationship with them. Like, most of the time, the Holy Spirit doesn't just ask you and put a person on your heart and say, oh, go to that person. Um, He wants you to form a relationship with him. Not saying he can't work both ways. Don't want you to hear that. Um, But... Most of the time, the trust that is built in a relationship helps you to be able to share the gospel and help it to fall on ears that actually want to listen and a heart that's ready to receive it. Um, so that was one thing that was cool that stuck out to me. And another thing um, is just in the kind of latter verses, um, just how cool it is that we get to ask the Lord for our needs. Like when it, he says, ask, seek, knock, like he wants to hear from us and I think that's just one of the coolest things that is true about Christianity is that we actually get to 
bring our requests to the Lord. Like he wants to hear it. He wants to know what we're up to. He wants to know um, what we desire and he just wants to hear from us. And I think that's one of the coolest things about um, the Christian faith is we have a God that wants to listen. He's not demanding all these things of us. Yes, there are certain things that he asks, but he also wants to hear from his children. Like he is a good father who wants to give his children good gifts. And um, we get to ask him for those things. And it's not something where we have to, you know, make all these sacrifices anymore. Like we get to come to him. And I think that's one of the coolest things. Yeah. I love how throughout the Sermon on the Mount, like Jesus just, um, like sprinkles in these little like questions. Yeah. Um, where he's just like, you know, if, if your son asks for bread, like, are you going to mm-hmm. give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? Like these yeah. obvious questions that are like just probing of man, like my heart is not like yours. Like even yeah. your, your sinful, um, you know, broken humanity, like you're still willing to like give good gifts to one another. So how much more am I willing to, to give, to give good gifts to you? Um, I want to bounce back to kind of what you were saying about, um, not throwing the pearls to pigs. Just, I want you to unpack that maybe a little bit more of what, um, what Jesus is actually saying there. Cause I think that's important because you can read verses one through five and be like, okay, I get that. And then verse six feels like it's out of left field. Um, but maybe just kind of unpack that a little bit more of like what Jesus is actually saying there. Yeah. So what he's saying is, I think it's talked about, I don't know if it's in Matthew or somewhere else, but it's another parable about finding kind of the pearl in the field. Like you would dig up everything, sell all your belongings for that one pearl. Um, and this pearl is the good news of the gospel. Like we don't want to just throw this around to people who are going to defame it or who are going to, um, I don't know, just ridicule it. Like we want this to be able to fall on ears that are ready to hear. Um, Because I think we've seen so often, especially in our culture, where people just hear the good news of the gospel and they just throw it away. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh no, like Jesus doesn't love me. Or they end up just being so rude and mean to the people that are trying to share this good news with them. And so I think Jesus is asking us to discern who those people are and ask us to just wait for him. Like he is tending the soil. Um, there's another parable in Matthew 13 where um, this it's the parable of the sower where the seeds are planted in different types of soil. Yeah. Um, you want to make sure that the soil you're planting, which this is all very big metaphors, but if you can understand where Jesus yeah. is getting at, um, you want the soil to be fertile. Like you want the good news that you're sharing with them to fall on fertile ground so that it can take root in their heart and, actually transform them because if it just falls on rocks and it gets choked out by the weeds or the thorns, then it's never going to go anywhere. And it was not that it was pointless to share the gospel. Like you want to share the gospel, but if it's not going to fall on ears that are willing to listen and actually hear what you have to say, then it really didn't do anything. And so you want to make sure, and that's where I think, forming that relationship with people is so crucial because you have their trust and um, they're able to listen to you a little bit more rather than if you go to someone random on the street who you have no idea who they are and they're just, it's one of those street preachers, but not even a preacher um, who is just shouting hate about Christianity. Like they're probably not going to receive this news very well. Yeah, And so... Um, I think Jesus is just asking us to hold this good news. Um, I'm trying to think of the word, but like 
hold it in a high position. Like you want to make sure that you know this has value and you don't just throw it around everywhere because you want it to be able to grow and take root. Like you're Mm -hmm. not going to take these very precious seeds that cost a lot of money um, to get. Like you're not just going to throw them on ground that has never been watered in in 20 years. Like (laughs) you want to make sure that it is good soil, that you're giving it the best chance to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's kind of where Jesus is getting at. Um, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on that? No, I think that's super helpful. I think that in some ways that's the more difficult work. I think it can feel intimidating to like, you know, in a, in a moment walk up to a stranger and like try to present the gospel right. to them. But I just, I think I've seen, you know, even in this place, like student leaders and, you know, students like bring friends along and like, it's always like, I think CSF can be a great tool for this. If, you know, inviting a guy to show up and just, you know, grab mm-hmm. a free meal on Tuesdays or um, inviting, if you're a freshman, inviting a friend to just yeah. grab a free meal on Mondays, like those kind of opportunities, um, just allowed like relationships to be built. I think yeah. it's even a huge part of just like our, how we do ministry here is understanding that we've got to build, you know, you've got to belong <laughs> before you feel like yeah, you can receive. I was just going to um, say, that's one of David's things is you can belong here before you believe. Like yeah. we want to make sure that this is a welcoming environment to build trust um, so that people can actually hear what we're trying to say to them and not just, you know, be deafened by the world and everything that they've told them. Like yeah, they want, we want you to feel like this is a safe place to ask your questions. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that even gives like maybe some good guidance of like, you know, talking about like not judging and not seeing like the, you know, the speck in other people or not seeing like the speck in other people's eyes when you have a plank in your own, like in some ways, even when we're like, you know, in accountability with one another, like Mm -hmm. we have to have some sort of, you know, foundation of relationship for that and can't just be like calling each other um, call each other out recklessly. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, so we've kind of maybe alluded to this a little bit, but how do you see, uh, this passage tying to campus? How does this passage tie to, um, the students who are listening? Yeah, I think there's so many ways that you can connect this to campus. There's so many little different sections, which stop breaks it up really nicely of showing the big themes in this section. Um, but I think one of the things I want to hit on is just what we call the golden rule. Uh, I think you've heard it growing up and um as a child like do to others as you would have them do to you um and jesus says this sums up the law and the prophets which you may have heard it in like Stott says in here you may have heard it in the negative terms of like don't do to others what you wouldn't have them do to you and it's interesting that jesus says it in the positive terms of do to others as you would do or you would have them do to you yeah um and i think that's so crucial on a college campus because we are kind of, I don't want to say walking billboards, but like we are witnesses of the gospel. And so we want to do to our classmates, to our professors, to the workers on campus, um, how we would want them to treat us. Because in that way, we are showing Jesus to them. We are showing who we are as Christians and how Christ has made us different, how he has transformed us. Because in the normal world, like if you didn't know Christ, you'd probably just kind of walk past people and not think anything or it really wouldn't matter how you treat other people because if there is no God, there's really no consequences to how you treat others. But I think this golden rule Jesus says is how it's summed up. Like it sums up the law of the prophets. Like you want to treat others kindly and you want to be the hands and feet of Jesus by treating them in that way. And I mean, I've seen it, especially living in the dorms you see all the 
cleaning crews come in and they're just so unnoticed and even being able to say hey thank you for cleaning Mm. the space that i'm living in like they really do appreciate it or the workers at the 90 or champions kitchen like they don't get a lot of thanks because they're just expected to do their job which yes they're getting paid for it but also it's nice every once in a while to be like hey i am appreciated because this doesn't feel like a high job like a professor or someone but even professors need that so thank your professors when they're doing good jobs because they don't always get that yeah yeah i think that there's like almost two mentalities that you can walk into the because the college campus is interesting we're like we're all kind of here with our own mm-hmm. you know different agendas of like i'm here to get my degree so that i can go get you know whatever job and um, but we're also in this space for four years where we like all kind of coexist yes <laughs> uh and so i think that there can be this mentality of like oh i'm just gonna throw in my airpods i'm just gonna go to class get my grades mm-hmm. not really worry about the person to the right and to the left um but i think that I don't know, as Christians, we're always supposed to ask, I think, like, Lord, why do you have me here? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who are you, who am I strategically positioned to to reach and that sort of thing? And so um, going in with that mindset of, like, you know, I'm not just here for myself to get a degree, but I'm here for the sake of others. And, like, it matters who yeah. I bump shoulders with during these four years. Yeah, and when you start actually noticing that, you'll realize, like, I mean, for example, one thing I did um, kind of later in college is I was like, okay, I don't think I want to listen to music as I go to class or just be on my phone. Like as I'm walking to class, I want to be very present in where I'm walking. Yeah. And as you're walking, you realize, Hey, I pass the same people almost every day. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, you're walking on a college campus of like 30,000 kids. So you may not recognize everyone you pass, but there could be someone that you're like when you're waiting to go into Whitehall and you're just sitting and waiting for the classroom to open, you may be sitting next to the same person every single day and you don't notice because you're on your phone. So being able to be perceptive of who's around you and who the Lord has placed there, like just, I don't know. It's just cool because you get to have those conversations of, Hey, like, how are you doing today? It could be so simple, but that builds relationships. And so just making sure that you are attentive to what the Lord has for you. And you're not just kind of writing off the opportunities that he's given to you to share his good word. Yeah. For sure. Um, as you look at just like um, students diving into conversation over um, this passage, are there any potential red flags that we need to kind of be aware of? Yeah, I think one of them is just the concept of judging others. Um, Stott talks about this really well. Um, he kind of says, like, Jesus is not talking about... Um, let me find it. He says... Jesus refuses to, what Jesus refuses to tolerate here is not judgment, but judgmentalism. That is being a critic, someone who's bent on harsh judgment, not on mercy or grace or love. And this is on page 90 if you're in the book. Um, But he says the judgment or the command to not to judge is not a requirement to be blind to evil or wrong. Like we are still to, still to be attentive to what is wrong. And I think there is definitely a place in this world for, rightful judgment um in terms of like the judicial system there are things that are right and wrong and some things require consequences um but in terms of judgmentalism like we're not meant to just look at someone and be like oh well they're sinning in this way i'm better than them because that puts like a superiority complex in you or makes them inferior to you um when christ says like we are all equals like we all sin and fall short of the glory of god And so we are to give 
grace, mercy, and love to others. Um, so just be careful when you're reading through that. Don't get this like high and mighty <laughs> holiness complex of, oh, well, yeah. I'm better than these people because I don't do that. No, we all sin, um, and it is all equal in the eyes of the Lord. So um, just be cautious when you're walking that line of, yes, there are things that require consequences, um, but we're not meant to be judgmentalists, I guess, Yeah, if that makes sense. Hopefully yeah. I said that right, but I think um, you all can use discernment and ask the Holy Spirit what that means specifically to you or yeah. you can also there's so many resources to look it up if i said this wrong <laughs> don't take my word for it yeah i even think about like the line of like you hear like only god can judge me yes or whatever but like in some sense like i don't know that's a weird thing to say but i think in another sense it's like well i mean at the end of the day like god's the judge and yeah. so we should maybe just leave it up to him and yeah. not engage in you know judging one another because ultimately yes you know he's he's the judge of all things so yeah. we can trust um just his goodness in that. And really we can be free to assume the best in people. Yes. And I hope it goes without saying, but that statement does not mean you can do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> because God as a judge is a very, um, truthful and he's a just judge. So yeah. I think if you were wanting anyone to judge you, it would probably not be God. If you're going to do all the things that you're going to write off as, Oh, well, sure. only God's going to judge me so I can do whatever I want. Right. Um, hopefully that goes without saying, but you never know. That's helpful. Uh, cool. So as we wrap up here, what, um, what like is, is a key takeaway, maybe a practical al- application out of this scripture for students? Yeah. I think one thing is if there's someone in your life that you've wrongly judged or accused, um, either to their face or just behind their back and you feel like the Holy Spirit's leading you to apologize to them or make amends with them, go do it. Um, yeah. you want to obey where the Lord is leading you. Um, and I think sometimes that can just harbor bitterness in our hearts of, oh, well, I judged them before and this is what I'm still holding on to. And so sometimes being able to make amends with them and just release that is gives so much freedom. Um, and that can be really hard. Um, so even just praying what the Lord would have for you in that um, is good. Also, the, ask, the Lord asks us um, to ask him what we want. Like he says, ask, seek, knock, Um, and so if there's anything that you are, um, just wanting, don't hide that from the Lord. Um, and it's not just, hopefully it's not just a selfish want. Um, but he wants us to go to him and ask him big prayer requests. And so bring those to him and don't just assume, um, because he wants a relationship with us. He wants to, um, be in communion with us. So ask him and he hears our requests. So. Yeah. That's a cool thing. <laughs> no, it's good. And I think this even like, I don't know, he's talking about like asking for things for yourself, but I think about an even interesting tie-in of kind of verses one through six verses seven through 12 is like, if the if the wrong response is to judge others, then maybe mm-hmm. the right response is to actually ask for, you know, healing or for, yeah. um, you know, the Lord to work within them. Yeah, that's really good. Um, for the sake of others. And so I think that we, we can do this for ourselves, but also, um, you know, ask for things that we desire for, for others instead of saying, instead of just casting them off and judging them for whatever they're struggling with. Definitely. Cool. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for diving into the scripture. Thank you for your work here. Um, and we are excited for you guys to dive into week nine of our curriculum. We will be back for our final week next week, week 10. It'll be Jenny again. Yeah. Can't wait. (laughs) And we will see you guys. Have a great group.